Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Oh, welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. It's Monday. Monday after a fantastic weekend. And alongside me this evening, the one, the only, 84. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Got the spinners on. Oh, wait till he starts singing. Hey, y'all. You know what? Joey can dance. That's my new stretchy pants, man. (laughs) He can chair dance, at least. I'm going to have to get me some of those stretchy pants. They're awesome. They're like man yoga pants. But they look like jeans. Yeah, it's like man yoga pants. I got the new stretchy jeans for those who don't know. I'm not going to give the brand a plug, but they're pretty cheap. I found them at Colts. That is the perfect way to describe those. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like, I told you the story about putting my wife's yoga pants on one time. How was that? It was magnificent. I, I know. And, like, this isn't as, like, and, revealing but, as if I wore yoga pants. No, but because you still got the seam. Yeah. Like, they look like blue jeans, but they're not. And there's still That's some denim incorporated, cool. but they're stretchy. And it feels like I'm wearing sweatpants. Like, oh, man, my, my area, my junk isn't all bunched up. <laughs> like, I feel good. Well, I mean, you take care of your own Oh, <laughs> WTMI. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Now, yeah, I did. I, I watched some wrestling this weekend. I went and saw Infinity War this weekend twice. Yeah. Got some shopping done. Almost took over the world with the Roman Empire. Civilization, for those who don't know. Listen to some music, some Greta Van Fleet, the new Jack White album on vinyl. Got to be a good movie if you went twice. Oh, fantastic movie. And I really, it's such a good movie. And I first, when I listen to non-spoiler reviews and people saying, it's so good, I'm not going to talk about it at all. I understand why they said that now. I've, I've only once in my life, and I've got you by, I guess, about, what, 10, 12 yeah. years? yeah. Uh, only once I've ever gone to see the same movie twice in the theater. That's very impressive. I saw Return of the King, the last Lord of the Rings movie, a few times in theaters. Because that movie made me cry. It's like the little hobbits, they're the ones who actually saved the world. And uh. I saw Dumb and Dumber twice. <laughs> I don't think I saw that in theaters. That still holds up as one of the best comics. Now, I do know, but I, I do love the Hobbit movies and, mm. and all the, uh, uh, what are the other ones before them? Lord uh, of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits. Lord of the Rings is better I, than the Hobbit movies we, by it, far. It, every once in a while, we just get on a kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 
because we rarely have time. Lauren and I, we don't. We've got we've got a twenty year old, a sixteen, fourteen, and twelve year old. We're pretty busy transporting and going to sporting events and this and that. But there's a month or two where we don't have a whole lot to do mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer, and we'll just sit down and say, "Hey, let's start a series," and we'll and that's uh, the Hobbits. Uh, the Lord of the Rings. It's a lot of movie uh, to watch, especially if it extends. Yeah, because but you do it, you know, for a whole week. It's yeah. like, you know, yeah, one, a lot once a night, and and you get into them, and and I've I've really gotten to where I enjoy them. There's something else too. I can't remember what it is. Star it's, Wars, maybe. No, it's not Star Wars. What's the uh, Harry Potter? Oh, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah Harry yeah. Potter's great. The, those those are pretty cool, and so we'll hit like six of them. So. Yeah, these made me want to go back and watch the older Marvel films. Because I really can't remember going to the theater with my dad in 2008 see Iron Man. You know, they set set this film up with, wasn't it uh, Batman versus Superman? No, that's DC. That set up the Justice League and Wonder Woman. This was set up by Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Captain America, Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War. Okay, Captain America. Uh, Thor, okay, Thor Dark World, Thor okay. Ragnarok, uh, there you the Hulk go. movie. Uh, the Hulk is the one they did have to recast. That Hulk movie was Ed Norton. They it was, it was one of the Captain America movies where they kind of started pulling all these people yes, in. Yes, that was Civil War that they started from, pulling people yeah, in. There you go, Civil yeah. War. That's the one I'm thinking of. See, I, I get confused. And the guys who did that movie and who did Winter Soldier are the ones who, the Russo brothers, they directed Infinity They War. did this one? Yes. I'm sure it is. And good. those yeah. are my favorite. Maybe Thor Ragnarok is up there because Thor Ragnarok is so damn funny. They were bringing like one character in just for a cameo here mm-hmm. and a cameo well, there. Well, that was kind it, of the test and, run. Can we do this? Can we literally get out our action figures like we're kids and see who's going to fight whom and, and that's, in what way? And that's and what, that's what La- this movie is. That's what Lauren asked me when, when Coleman and I, when we got home from... from the last Captain America movie, she says, what do you think about it? I said, this is a setup. I said, there's one coming that is going to be dynamite. And they deliver. They deliver in every way. If you are good, a fan of Marvel movies, good. go to these. And even if you've seen three or four of the Marvel movies, there are three or four I could recommend to get you caught up. Um, it is incredible feat, not only in terms of storytelling, but just a commercial cinematic endeavor. Uh, to put all this money in over 10 years, and now, I mean, it's it, remarkable. But I don't want to gush too much about it, because then I'll start giving things away. Yeah, no, uh, don't, don't do that, because right. I have no clue. I, I want to be clueless when I walk in. No, but it's so, getting hard for me. So I had a good, fun weekend, and I decided not to look at the political news until this morning. And wow, well, then you ruined your life. Well, you but who, political news. who watches the White House correspondence? Joey, do you know who how, actually sit and watches that crap? Do you know how much happier I am since I have quit watching the news? Oh, likewise. Likewise. I, I didn't even know the correspondence dinner yeah. was this weekend. I, I didn't know until I saw it up on the screen. We, I, 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 well, I ended up having to work Saturday, and, and then Sunday... 
Savannah had a play, and we went to her play and did that. And then we had some some friends of ours come over. Yeah, we had a big cookout Sunday night, and it's almost like the world doesn't revolve around Washington D.C. And, and it didn't. And then this morning, I hear all this stuff about what this wolf chick said about Donald Trump, and I'm like, eh. so what? Or uh, well, it wasn't Donald Trump. It was. Uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But I, I don't want to talk about that event specifically, but just as a prompt, that event, and she got bashed because she was too harsh or too mean-spirited or wasn't in the spirit of the correspondence dinner, which means to kiss all her, I mean, to bring everybody together. I don't care. I, I don't either, but here's a, a thing with comedy I've found, especially listening to a lot of these podcasts that comedians do. I, I love listening to the, how they do their craft, because there's a lot of different directions you can come from. If you're a stand-up or if you're in a writer's room, like the documentary on the South Park guys is fantastic. Can't believe those guys, that's a job for them. It's actually high pressure, because they're churning out an episode a week. But uh, comedy, and the one thing that stuck with me with stand-ups, is you can go through a whole set and there's that guy in the third row who's just oh, 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 you got him like I'm going to make fun of the Mormons oh, oh, they're crazy stupid religion yeah oh, oh, oh. I'm going to make fun of the president oh yeah as soon as you make fun of that thing near and dear to that guy yeah, he's a Catholic yeah. how dare you sir how dare you you're being offensive it's like that's kind of the point. Now, it's different for different comedians. Like, But if you go see, say, a guy named David Cross, expect some against Trump. He's fairly left-wing. Expect that. You need to know who you're talking about when you write these reviews. And just maybe you should know who they are before you go see a comedy show. I don't know. I, I, I think people are too thin-skinned on all different side, so to speak, all different perspectives. There's a lot of people that, it's this phrase that keeps coming to mind, real quick. Keeps coming to mind. Uh, They have a right to speak. I'm like, yeah, they have a right to speak and say whatever they want. People have a right to criticize them and say whatever they want. People have a right to criticize the people that are criticizing people, one. We have a right to do all sorts of things and it doesn't mean the world will be all, you know, hunky-dory. It really doesn't. You know, Joey, and I I think I came up with this on my own. I think I did. Okay. Uh, You know me. I attempt to be funny. Yeah, sometimes. You you attempt. Thank you. I like to make people laugh. I mean, it it gives me joy to see someone laugh at what I'm doing or enjoy what I'm doing. I like to perform. I really do. And... You know, comedy is like, and I don't know how this came to me, comedy is like walking around naked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you've ever had a girlfriend, I don't know if you've ever had a girlfriend before or not. Yes, yes, I have. But, I mean, the first time that you just bear all in front of them, it's like, this is me, and it really ain't as good as I think it looks, Mm -hmm. but, you know... Accept it, or you don't See, accept it. That's why you have to have very low, low self-esteem. You're like, oh, this is terror. I look awful. Well, that's, so somebody will pick you up. It's yeah, like, well, 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 you do look like crap, but I like you. I get that mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, that'll do. Mm. You know, so I mean, right. it'll do. And they may name that tavern after me, <laughs> but uh, 
But no, seriously, I mean, when, you, when you're doing comedy, you're putting your soul out there. Oh, yeah, it's very and terrible. And it's like, this is, this is my inside being, accept me or don't accept me. Right. And I don't understand why comedians get all mad when people complain about what they said. Well, that's what you said. That's that's you being you. Well, and why the, people get so here's uh, the one exception. But why do people get so offended? Offensive. Um, but there's one exception. I think it was Tom Segura. He recently did a joke where he he used some term like retarded or whatever. But his the whole point of the bit was to say that at least defending people who are challenged in some way. Even when I use that term, like mentally challenged, mentally handicapped, I'm like, it's not better. George Carlin has a whole bit on that. Like, Jesus didn't engage in rehabilitative, rehabilitative strategies for the mentally disabled or the mentally handicapped or just the handicapped. No, Jesus healed the cripples. That's, what, that's how we grew up. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, I also get that these words, like, you mongoloid idiot. Those used to be. Technical term. Well, no, they used to be medical terms. Mongoloid, idiotic. Well, and well, they still um, are medical terms. But right, and so they're not acceptable then anymore. They take on a certain connotation in society. People use them to just anybody that disagree with you, idiot. I mean, you stupid idiot. To steal from Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, and it's like, okay, just do what you want. And I think a comedy should bite a little bit. I know Jay Leno does the type of comedy where he's been doing the same stuff for years and he doesn't put out like it's a special or whatever they call it for everybody to see and he knows how to work a room play to a particular crowd he's right. very good at that but i kind of like the comedians who don't do that who are always themselves and they're probably going to say stuff that some people won't like so what if if some people don't like what you're saying then you're not speaking any you're not taking portion any of the truth. Right. You're not taking any risk. Yeah. No, oh, no risk at all. You're you're trying to and and that's you that know, actually, with political speak, yeah. whether it's political or comedy or what have you, if you're trying to say something that everyone in the audience is nodding their head, if you don't see anyone shaking your head then you're not doing a good job of delivering the message you're trying right. to get across. You know, you've got to have somebody, somebody out there right now, if they're not shaking their head saying these two guys have lost their minds or Joey's sure. lost his mind or Clay's one or the other. I lost it a while ago. Then, then they're just, we're in an echo chamber, and it does not do any good to have that type of conversation. No, it doesn't. But it just seems... I don't know. I, I don't know why a comedian would go into that room, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I guess it can help your standing, especially in the comedy community. It seems to me, uh, Michelle Wolf, she was told, here, you know, certain restrictions. Here's the spirit of the event. And I bet you, when she was told all these things, she said, to hell with it. And just went for the jugular in her own way. Yeah. And, um, and what she ended up doing is showing her own true colors. And now yeah. you and I can judge her and say, yes, that was hilarious. That was funny. That was in, in good heart. Or you can say was mean. that was mean-spirited. And, and, and then our political, you know, ideologies are going to form how we look at them. So I, I don't. 
I didn't get all worked up about it. No, no, I haven't either. I mean, it just, I mean, to me, I mean, it, it does not matter. I think, I think it's, it, I, I do think it shows her true colors that, you know, to attack Sarah Huckabee Sanders on that she's fat and she's big and she's broad. Okay, fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. I kind of like the eyeshadow joke. You know, like she, she eyeshadow burns, was fine. She burns lies and then turns it into a beautiful smoky eye. And, and, and that maybe it's Maybelline, maybe it's lies. I thought that was a fairly clever, well crafted joke. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's not because bad. oh goodness, yeah. Uh, Tony Snow, Dana Perino, Jay Carney, Josh Ernest. If you're working as a press secretary for the President of the United States, you're always going to be completely truthful. Exactly. (laughs) Really? You mean they've been lying to us all these years? Goodness. Come on, Joey. It's just... Sometimes maybe my cynicism shines through, but I don't feel like I'm being cynical here. What did you say? We're being realistic. It's like it's the job of a press secretary to spin. Exactly. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders does it quite well. As opposed to Sean Spicer. She's magnificent at it. Sean Spicer just constantly got flustered. You could tell he didn't know what he was... He wasn't ready for it. He had been press secretary for other people. But uh, to be the press secretary for the President of the United States... In and front especially of Donald panel, J. Trump. Oh, Trump in president. particular. Goodness. <laughs> well, and Trump's... Trump's pretty good at handling a press conference, handling room. I'll give him that. I'll he knows what, how to keep people on their toes. He's... Uh, believe what you will about him. He has... I think he's changed the world already. Oh, of course. I mean, did you, in some ways. Did you hear Benjamin Netanyahu's I did thing about, today about did, Iran? Did you, did you pick up on the Trumpisms he was using? In a way, he almost said bigly one time. Now, but Bibi's been talking that way for a while. I don't know if Trump he can credit Trump with the way Bibi was. He's more free to talk about it that way now. Fair, that's fair. Remember, he opened his speech in Hebrew. And yes. spoke to his people, yes. and then he changed into the English. Oh, that language. whole presentation was meant for Americans. You know, exactly one hundred percent. It was meant for Donald Trump. Is and what it, it was, was meant for. It, it had that cadence and that he was at least trying to hit that Trump yeah. thing. Hey, when I heard him say, "This is really big, yeah. big," I was well, like. He almost said bigly. He wanted to say bigly. You know he did. No, I, I haven't even mentioned this. So I texted you earlier today. Do you have any questions for me today? Oh, dude, I've got I've got a huge question. Okay. Well, we've got time for one right now, and we're gonna have to hit a break. Mm. Oh, you've got them written on your hand. Yeah. How many questions do you have? I, I've got one real good one. One real good one. Yeah, if you want. So you want to throw out kind of a throwaway question instead of the one? We'll save the real good one till after the break. Yeah, you ever been to a house and all you smell is marijuana and incense? Yes. Okay. I have just a I mean, question. It, it smells pretty good. Now, sometimes it could smell bad. You ever been to a business and they say the air conditioning doesn't work and all you smell is marijuana and incense and you walk in and the thermostat is turned off? And you're like, uh, dude, turn your air on. Maybe it will work. You ever had that experience? Yeah. 
No, I've not been to a business like. Well, actually, I've been to a. You hair ever shop, been to a yeah. barber shop that never cuts hair, but it operates as a barber shop right here in the middle of the city of Montgomery? Thank you, Todd Strange. I'm sure they have a business license that smells like marijuana and incense, but there's never anybody getting their hair cut. Some keep focus. Okay. Well, maybe, I don't know. maybe they cut hair at night. I don't know. Yeah, I might. I see all kind of stuff. I'm like yeah, a little bird yeah. behind the scenes. You're the you're the all seeing, all knowing crap of the world, and I'm not just saying that. That's a quote from Fight Club. You're like the guy that everybody takes for granted. One of the men who makes the gears of the world turn, and yet you don't get your due. I'm I'm not all knowing. No, I am all not. seeing though. You do see a lot. People do things in front of me. You don't that, always know what you see, but you see it. You would not believe the things that people do in front of me. I'm like, yeah. whoa, easy, easy. Have I ever done anything like that? Uh, only once. No, you did it on the phone. You wasn't in front of me. Oh, I was the, on uh, the. I was on the crap. Well, I wasn't going to say I that. I was on Joey. the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, you had. Well, you called. I <laughs> had the stool and everything. But no, I do have. I do have a good question. I want to ask you. If you want to go to break early, let's go to break, and that'll give you plenty of time. I want you to really expound upon it. Okay. And you, it, it may fall flat, but it might. But we'll we'll be all right. We got the spinners tonight. Got rubber band man. Playing. Love rubber band man. Oh. Well, I'm in a good mood. There might be peace on the Korean Peninsula. The economy's booming. I got new stretchy pants. Life I is good. I gotta find out where to get some of those stretchy pants. I'll tell you during the break. Y'all listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Be right back after this quick break. Joey Clark. to the program. Now, 84. Can't get See? Rest. You say you have a work all day. question for me. When I do. I, I have lots of questions oh, for I'm you. Oh, sure. Yeah, and fire away. Why did you stop cutting your hair? I mean, that's one of them. Because I think it looks luxurious. Okay. Well, honest answer. Yeah, and I mean, I get compliments on it. I don't. On your I, well, yeah, I, I quit cutting my hair. We have hair. That's why. Well, maybe that's the deal. It's just the brutal truth. I do get compliments on my beard. Did did you you remember when I grew my beard out that mm. one year and it got like real long? That was the the funniest question I ever got was, 
women would come up to me and they would stroke my beard. I'm not getting that. And yet. and they no, I mean it, this this joke oh, was a like big this. Old beard. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's like Duck Dynasty. <clears throat> and they would say, "Do you wash it?" And I always thought, well, "Why would I not wash it?" Right. I mean, have you ever walked up to a woman and, and looked at her hair and said, "Do you wash it?" <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, you are. They wash it occasionally. Anyhow, anyway, I, okay. I don't know where that came from. So. I, I have a question for you. All right. All right. This is kind of off topic. But the one thing I thought about today, I figured you would ask me to do this to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are an atheist, correct? Yes. Okay. It's the best word for... Agnostic, atheist. Both, but yes. How, however you want to classify. And just to be clear, the reason I say that is somebody says, do you believe in God? Instead of getting a complicated question, what do you mean by God? Blah, blah, blah. I just... Right. I don't have an active belief in God, as most people understand. Correct. Not not God, the father of, of Adam, the father of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob, and right. the Judeo-Christian not not that what I God, would, okay, but there sure. may be a being out there. There, there's powers. There's things definitely beyond my understanding. Sure, which makes you agnostic on that. On well, that no sense I, of it that there may be. I think uh, there are a lot of uh, people in Islam, a lot of people in Judaism, in Catholicism, and other denominations of Christianity who talking to me would say you're definitely an atheist. I'll put it that way too. Okay, but I'm uh, not militant. I don't have a thing against people right. who are religious. I. It's just my personal uh, conviction in uh, what in regards to that question. Do you believe in God? I have other positive beliefs beyond that, like okay. how to live my life. That's and that's that's the question I want to get to. Hmm. If if you don't believe that there is one central being that created this universe, that established the quote unquote rules, if you will, mm-hmm. about what is and is not moral, where do you get your beliefs from if they do not come from that central being? Well, I think it, it comes from your interaction with the world, the relationship with the world, if I could use those terms. Okay. Is that, obviously, I didn't think up my body and how my body and mind function so there are basic things sort of built in on, like, what should a person do and what should Joey do. There's basic survival things. I need food. I need shelter. I need some clothes. I need the basics. Um, I probably need some relationships. I need friends, these sort of things. But how do you come to all these things? I would say using your mind and not treating it like, oh, science or philosophy can answer everything, but it can by talking to people who've had experience, your own experience, and thinking things through theoretically, you can come to some pretty good markers on how one should live life if we're going to talk about ethics. Okay. So do do you want to would your would it be a proper statement to say that your desire would be the best at what you do? Uh, you, yeah. I mean, do you want to be the alpha? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the alpha, the the top notch on the ladder of what you do. Uh, the way you just put it, no, I wouldn't think of it that way. Right. I would why, like to be. I would, would like to be excellent, but I don't think excellence means I have to be on top of the pyramid. 
I'm not seeking power or fame or notoriety. It's more. Now, I'm not talking about power, fame, or notoriety. I'm just talking about being the best that yeah, you can be. Doing what something. you can do very, very well, yes. Why would you not want to be that if it's just a, an animalistic type desire to provide food, shelter, and clothing and because housing for yourself? Because I think it's, it's fairly self evident or self referential. It's not evident right in front of you if you don't think about it. But if I pursue something, like say I set something as simple as I'm going to work out in this way for the week, I think when you pursue a goal and you struggle towards it and you accomplish it, there's a feeling of satisfaction there. And for me, it comes down to in my positive point of view. Like instead of talking about why I disagree with religions of the world and their claims, what do I believe positively? The closest. Uh, and it's it's from experience. I was obviously raised Catholic, so I don't think everything there is is uh, wrong. I think there's a lot of wisdom, say, in the Christian tradition. Uh, but the closest I would be to is Epicurus, Epicureanism, which is basically uh, temperate and prudent hedonism. So by hedonism, we mean pleasure, pain. What brings you pleasure or happiness? What causes pain and suffering? And you want to go towards the things that cause you the greatest happiness and pleasure and away from uh, things that cause you suffering and pain. And that obviously can okay, well, work out beyond that to where, uh, for instance, Epicurus says the greatest uh, pleasure in life is friendship. But his pretty much ultimate goal in a nutshell, what's the purpose of life, is tranquility of the mind and relaxation of the body, which can be, tranquility can be found by thinking through what is life about and relaxation body can be found by treating yourself well so i mean people might say hedonism so you're just going to go drink revelry you're going to drink and be promiscuous sexually uh these sort of things no because if you drink a lot the next day you get a lot of pain if you go sleep with a bunch of people and you don't know who they are there could be a lot of suffering that comes out of that too um whether it's something as just gross and practical as an STD, but I think more powerfully, the psychic pain. Like, if you are with somebody and you aren't really that interested, you're just kind of pursuing the physical, um, I think you can cause a lot of pain in yourself. You feel fragmented. Well, But why would that cause pain? If you're just desiring the pleasures of your what I would well, the, classify as the flesh, if you're it just be fulfilling. That, because it's not fulfilling. So where do you get fulfillment from? Though? I think you what get fulfillment fulfills? for striving to higher goals without... Uh, striving to higher goals that might require some necessary suffering. So to say, I want to I have a family. I want to be a father. It's not as simple as, okay, I had a baby, now I'm a father. What I think people really mean there is it's this ongoing process. That you continue to, there's, what does it mean to be a father? It means not only providing for your children, but teaching them and making sure they are happy. These sort of things. Also, being a good a husband, what, or being what, a good friend. What would give you that desire? If, you, if you're wanting to be on top, if, if your desire is to be accomplished as a radio talk show host, <laughs> what, would, what would give you that internal desire to raise a child because it's the choice and do, 
I mean, the, but it doesn't does have it, to be raising a and child. That's, and, and, no, and, sir, that's it, just it could, one example. It could, it could be anything. Right. What gives you that desire within you to keep something going? Is it because that you think that when you die that you just don't exist anymore and you want your legacy to live on or i mean is it something that selfish i don't that, know that what you happens after we someone die. to be um, sitting on the radio one day saying i'm the son of joey clark and you know i'm not being that. cruel about this but there's, is, there's that but it's is that not, it no not not really it's like because it's i'll put it this way in a self-interested way it feels good like even if it's kind of painful in the moment, I like I've heard parents talk about uh, such a sacrifice, especially when the, a baby, a new baby, young, they're crying in the middle of the night. You got to feed them these sort of things. And these folks, when they talk, they're worn out, tired. They sound miserable in a way. But you can also hear through their tone that it is very, very fulfilling. It feels good to be able to take care of that person you created in a way. I think, to me, it's not that complicated. Like, you feel good when you do these things. And I think things that you actually have to strive for and struggle for that aren't as easily attainable as, say, I bought something or I slept with this person or I drank all this, I have stuff. I think goals that are more like, say something as general as, I want to be a good person. There's a lot that goes into that, want to be a good person. And it's a goal that never ends. Okay. So I if, think and if, where do all this where does it all come from? I think it just comes from being human. Now there are people that and you have as a human being, you have a basic choice to make. It's in uh, Shawshank. Get busy living or get busy dying. And I think there are a lot of people that either fall into despair and they take it out on themselves, whether it's full-blown suicide or they just don't take care of themselves. They kind of walk through the days and the years and the days. Or you get people that turn that anger and that resentment and that anguish onto others. At its worst, you see mass murderers and these sorts of things. But the basic choice is life or death. So are you making choices that advance what you are and help you feel better, feel fulfilled, feel pleasure, feel tranquility, like I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Are you making decisions that make you feel confused and resentful and angry and all of those negative emotions? And is it a perpetual cycle? I think if you go towards more the fulfilling side, you'll feel better about yourself. And you can try to mask it for a little while. You could be ignorant and kind of blissfully ignorant if with, you know, food, drink, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, that whole ball game. But sure. at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's not going to actually be fulfilling. But where does that desire come from to have something that actually fulfills you down into the deepest part of your body? I've raised... I've actually pretty much raised four children now, and it is you are one hundred percent correct. It is, it's hard. Yeah, it's it's very hard, and there's lots of heartaches, there's lots of crying, there's lots of struggles. But it's worth it. It's it's worth it to me because I believe that I'm a being that was created by God, and I was put on this planet to fulfill His mission. 
and I have that underlying thought that no matter how hard this is, I'm going to do it. So would you be on the side that you would have pretty much the same mindset? I'm going to have these children. I'm going to raise them. I'm going to go through hell. I'm going to walk across uh, broken glass or, you know, hot embers for my children just for the satisfaction of your own uh, self-esteem that I've actually accomplished something? Is all that within you, or is there an external power that's given you that ability or desire well, I, to get to that point? I think there are profound external powers and forces that make us who we are. Which come from where? Well, I don't know. But I think when we say the answer is God, I'm like that's what leads me to the question, well, what do you mean by God? And I've even heard people say God is that which we can't understand, which I'm like, well, that's not much of an answer. It's kind of, that's that's the point I'm making. And I could label it that, label it God, but I'm not certain that's really, that's semantics at that point. Where Where's the starting point? The starting point. Yeah. Everything has a starting point. When you, you remember learning math in school, mm-hmm. one plus one equals two. Yes. One plus two equals three. There, there's a starting point to everything. Well, okay. there's, there's a definite. Okay, there's, I'll put there's it this zero line. through ten. I Hold on, let me let me let me finish. I, well, I've got the starting point. There's a zero through ten. Mm-hmm. There has to be a starting point of this is right and this is wrong. Why would it be wrong for me right now to come over this desk and kill you to prevent you from procreating with my wife and making a better, you would make a better human being than my children just because of the genes between you and my wife? Okay, just, this is just... Yes. As an example. Well, number one, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Why should I not? Why should There's nothing stopping me from doing it. Why should I not prevent you? That's what happens in the animal kingdom. Right. I mean, that's what... I'm born and raised on a farm. I've seen animals fight, and that's what they do. The strongest wins, they're the ones that procreate with the cows and to get the strongest genes. So why should you and I not have a fist fight right now to see who is going to produce the next child that is born? What? Well, people did that for a while. Why? Why, why, why do we now? not? Yeah, keep doing it. Because I think pretty much straightforwardly, it brings about a lot of pain and suffering. Exactly. But... It only no, it brings about pain and suffering to the ones that lose, not the ones that well, win. I think to the ones that win too. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean you're the baddest. You know what out there? You think those people are happy? Mm, yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't. No, I don't think so. I, I don't. But uh, but I have the presupposition. I start at my ground zero is man and woman should join together and whatever happens happens and see but here here's the thing it is a choice of what is your standard so even when you say you believe in god i have a belief 
You're not saying I can prove it. And I'm not saying I can disprove it. You're making a choice by what is the standard here that's keeping us together. I would say, number one, where does it all start? That things are real. There is a real world outside of my mind and my perception of the world and yours and everybody else's. That human beings, like a meteor, meteorite or asteroid or a super volcano could go off and human beings as a species could go extinct and the world would still be going on and wouldn't bl- you know blink for one second. I mean, we can predict in millions of years our star might go out. These sort of things. The sun might go out. Uh, I think the world outside of us is very real. So if you start there and say, okay, we can trust the world, then the trick really becomes, all right, then what are we in this objective world? And what is the standard by which we judge our actions? And I think the standard has to be life. It has to be human beings. I think any other standard is uh, misanthropic and inhumane. Wouldn't you want the most... most uh, capable human beings to be on the planet then? Wouldn't you want the greatest men and the most suitable women to be producing offspring instead of just haphazardly all these folks being born? No. If if the greatest thing is to, is to produce life and keep life going, you would want the strongest genes out there and would it not make sense for us with stronger genes? And, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this. You and I, people like you and I, we have better genes than a lot of people out there. We produce better offspring. Or we would. I don't, I think, don't, I don't think you I'm not certain of, of you saying that. But I would. No, but I, no, I do know that. Why would it not be advantageous to us to eliminate the lower-bred people... It and be. just have higher bred people producing the offspring, would that not because create a better earth? Because then you're going beyond just the standard of life. You're going and into what is greatest, the most advantageous. You're bringing in other uh, standards. And I think, number one, you have to have an immense um, respect for how ignorant you as an individual could be. That I don't know what the next great thing will come from. I know, the, I know the people around me. I know I'm smarter than most people around me. You sure? Yeah. But the, aren't Not you, all people. But aren't you specialized? You have knowledge in certain things, and then people who you might be smarter with than in a certain field or several fields might be smarter in other ways. Well, I would eliminate those people. Why? Because you don't want... See, but you're not <laughs> upholding life in general. You're upholding your own life above everybody else's. Exactly. And I'm, I do I'm worry. making your argument. My argument is that we are No, but here's, my, here's the thing. I think I worry that when people say we are God's creatures, sometimes, not people I know who believe in God, but a lot of times throughout history when people say the standard is not here on earth, it's something above all of us, it can give people the license to go do some pretty terrible things or treat people sure, in I a different way. Sure, I agree with you 100%. Now, that standard can also be on Earth. It could be based on race or wealth. or I think human beings, we, strangely, sapiens, homo sapiens, have a penchant for making myths. We have a way of saying, oh, that's not just a river flowing in front of me, but there's also a spirit to the river. 
And it represents, we have an ability to abstract beyond what's right in front of us, which the ultimate abstraction is sort of a monotheistic God. But to think that that isn't what necessarily exists and is to believe that is what requires good ethics, I don't know. It just seems to me that if somebody could prove that God as you understood him or understand him doesn't exist, uh, would you stop loving your children and take care of them? I don't think so. I don't think most people would. And it's the difference between saying, like, I really respect Epicurus and what we know of Epicurus's writing. If it was shown to me Epicurus was a made-up fictional figure, okay, I'm still going to listen to the wisdom, I think, the wisdom found in those writings. If somebody showed that Jesus wasn't real, I'm not making that argument, I think Jesus was real. But if somebody showed that, a lot of people, dare I say billions of people, would have, be having a very bad day. You can't, you can't, you cannot believe Jesus is real and be. I think he was historically real figure. Uh, you you can't believe that. It's impossible. He made definite statements. I think he was a historically real figure. And then you don't believe what the scriptures say. You you can't believe that's that was the one thing about our Lord or my Lord, Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. He made, he was very kind, but he made definite statements. When he says, I am the son of the Father, when he says, to no one comes to the Father but by me, that's period, ball game, game over. Mm-hmm. You can't say he was a good guy. He was either... Well, that's del- not what I'm saying. He was either delusional... Right. If he was a real figure, you should not believe another word he said. If I told you right now... You see the color of that wall right there, Joey? That's purple. If I told you that, don't believe anything else I say. If mm-hmm. I think that black is purple, then I'll lie to you about anything. Well, no, and, let, and if you say that I'm the son of the living God and no one comes to the Father but by me, if you discount that, okay, I can understand. Yes, he did live. But you cannot say... But I want to get to the point because it's even an argument within Christianity. People who are all believers. I, I do not think things are right or wrong because God says so. Like, even if I'm saying I believe in God, I don't think that's how it works. It's kind of the difference, and we've had the discussion before. Your kid reaches out to touch a really hot stove or, say, an electric fence. And they're going to reach it. And you say, don't do it. And they go, oh, man, daddy's really tell me not to do that and they don't you don't want them going through the rest of their life saying i don't touch electric fences or fires because daddy said so you want them to understand that if i touch the fire i'm gonna get burned if i get touched the electric fence i'm gonna get shocked it's gonna hurt it's gonna be detrimental to my life and probably to those around me because i won't be here in order to be my best that gives off a ripple effect that helps other people to be their best even if I'm better at certain things, people have a way of surprising you and of taking care of you. That we are kind of all in this together. No, we don't have time. But I, I think that you want to have an under... And there are even believers who think that. It's not that God says so. It's more that God is the goodness in the world. God is love. 
I, I just I don't I don't really buy the uh, the said so argument, the divine command theory. I'm more a fan of if you are going to believe in God, that God is this embodiment of everything, embodiment of justice and whatnot. Wait, you 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 have to go back to this, Joey. You have to go back to in the beginning, God. Mm-hmm. It's it's very simple and it's it's very much missed in the Holy Scriptures. The first couple of words in in the Holy Scriptures in the beginning, God. Period. Oh, let me. And we only have like thirty seconds left. Okay. If, are there things outside of Scripture and outside of faith, as you understand it, that you could consider holy? That it puts you in that state of mind. Ah, uh, man. Doggone it. That's a big question it's for kind 30 of, seconds. That's yeah, kind of I my mean, perspective. There are, but I, there is, you can tie everything back. Oh, as, you can. As far as I know, you can tie it back into my faith. And, mm. I mean, you can tie you can. it back into there is a creator and...